I'm going to be uh, analyzing chapter 13 of Revelation because I was curious to see what the mark of the beast is according to the Bible than what people are saying and making stuff up that a lot of the current events are akin to the mark of the beast and getting the shots and so on. So I have said before that, you know, what's going on now, we're not in the tribulation, even though it looks like it, and the shots are not the mark of the beast, even though it resembles it. So what it, you know, what does the Bible say about it? And there's a lot of stuff going on in chapter 13 uh, that I, I'm going to go slowly to be able to explain what I think is happening and what it could look like. Um, so initially, uh, I'm going to play Revelation 13 audio from Bible Gateway so you can at least hear what the whole entire chapter is. And then I'm going to go over what I think, how to analyze it. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power, and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast, and they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon, and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed, and he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, 
for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. Looking at chapter 13, uh, just reading the first uh, few verse, where it says, I saw the beast, where I'm deeming that to be the Antichrist system, because under the definitions in concordance and other Bible tools, uh, the beast is really looked at as depicted as Antichrist, um, not only as one person, but also his kingdom and power. And other parts of the definition, it described the beast as a dangerous animal, uh, like bestial man, savage, ferocious, brutal, and even described it as venomous, wild beast. So it is, you know, the, the way that God described this Antichrist figure is, and the system is like akin to a ferocious animal and even venomous. So it's interesting that Satan is referred to as a serpent and the serpent snake is, you know, venomous. So it's almost saying akin to the serpent, oh, the devil. So where it says, I saw a beast, antichrist system, um, what I'm calling the beast, is riding, rising out of the sea uh, to mean the whole earth and is described later on. Uh, in one of the passage to say it's coming out of the whole earth uh, is synonymous with the sea. And then it says having seven heads uh, and I looked up the heads and the definition was ruler or lord. So I'm describing the seven heads as rulers and then ten horns to mean power um, because the definition of horns is symbol of power and strength. And with ten crowns to mean royalty uh, on his horns because uh, the definition of crown under concordance and others, it says it's a badge of royalty. So it's looking like this beast system is coming out from the whole world and having seven rulers who have ten uh, authority figures, powers of out of that seven rulers, that they're going to be appointing other uh, like presidents or whatever, but they're not going to be in actually the rulers. They're just going to be the authority, and then have ten crowns like royalty. So perhaps it's you know whoever they chosen the ten to represent the face of different sections that they're going to be managing, like the Hunger Games. Um, so it's going to be ten powers. And they're going to be ruled by seven rulers, and that's all going to uh, accumulate as one beast uh, that's described later on. So it says, uh, ten crowns on the ten horns and blasphemous names on his head. Heads. So all of them are somehow going to represent blasphemy against God. And then I looked up authority, and authority would be not only like power and uh, moral, it says it's dry, describing it as moral authority and spiritual power. So it's not just earthly power or power to do something, um, but it's actually giving authority in this context means it has both moral and spiritual power um, to act. 
So when I looked at this second part of this passage where it's describing the first beast, uh, so I take that as the New World Order Antichrist system that the world is currently building right now, and everyone can at least get a glimpse of it, what they're trying to do with all kinds of uh, usurping. All the governments came together, usurped the powers of the people, and then tried to rule them in whatever manner that they wanted uh, for lockdowns and everything else and controlling the supply chain, controlling everything that they can possibly control. That's all going towards the New World Order beast system. Um, so then it says that it looked, which I saw was like a leopard, uh, which when I looked that up for under the definitions, it treated it as an African animal. So I am linking the leopard actually perhaps it's linked to Africa, Africans. And then it says his feet were like those of a bear. And the definition of bear was like obstructing by ferocity. So I am tying Russia because that the bear is its symbol that we recognize today. Of course, tomorrow it could be completely different or it could have another meaning. But at least if you analyze it today from what we know today, uh, the bear represents, it's a symbol for Russia. And it says the mouth is like a lion and the lion represents brave and mighty. So I, uh, and it's also a symbol for England, um, the Britain. So uh, I'm assuming they're like the big superpowers that are remaining are going to come together. And the dragon uh, is re referenced as a serpent to mean Satan. And that's a symbol for China. China uses dragon for its worship and symbol the red dragon, that's that's their thing. So it looks like in this passage, if you you know look at nations coming together, and it's China that gave him his power and his throne and great authority. So it gave the beast three things. It gave it his power, it gave it a throne, and great authority. So, you know, if... But it's interesting that even though it's a system that's like a combination of uh, all these different nations, perhaps, and if the dragon represents China, then China is the one who has the power to give it to the beast. So it's already, you know, like a, a big major contender and has power over the whole world given his manufacturing and control of all the goods that's going to ship to the whole world. It's pretty much doing everything, including food processing. So, you know, without if China decides, uh, I think it actually probably has way more power than the United States now and even Russia or anyone else. I think that is probably one of the big contenders of the world because it controls all the manufacturing pretty much where no one else really knows how to make anything. So without it, you know, they don't have their own economy. Um, so I think they will probably play a big part in these end times where it's going to, uh, you know, create this beast system. Um, and again, the great authority really meant spiritual and moral power. So it's getting that from Satan and, you know, Perhaps it's using China to 
come up with that, you know, whatever, all the stuff that they've been developing and how to control their population. So that authority that they're going to come up with, uh, you know, to be able to rule the whole world. And then it says, I saw one of the heads, rulers, uh, the heads I'm, I'm taking that to mean rulers, as if it was mortally wounded and that deadly wound was healed. So out of those, uh, the seven heads, one of them is going to have a deadly wound. So that could either mean a person or uh, institution of power, you know, with one of these nations that, you know, like, let's just say if it's America, you know, that got totally, almost totally destroyed, that it would look like it would have die if we were talking about in nation terms and not a person. And then it revived itself miraculously. So that could turn everything around to make America even greater than what it was because then the whole world knows that no matter what you did to it, you know, America would survive. Or it could mean a literal person where, you know, he gets shot and then something supernatural happens where he's recovered and then that what deceives the whole world. Because the next part of it is says the whole world marveled and followed the beast. They worshipped the dragon, uh, which I am saying is Satan, and gave, who gave it authority to the beast. And then they worshipped the beast, which is the Antichrist or the New World Order, saying that who is like the beast, who is able to wage war with him. So the whole world it seems to be really impressed with this mortal wound and coming back to life and that's what uh, they started following and then they realized that who can wage war with him if he's like so if it's one person I you know it would, might be hard to see uh, you know who can wage war with him because he, he's a mortal person even if he's being immortal you still have the whole world against this one person but if it's a nation or a system that you know, that went to the brink of death and then came back to life, then that could possibly show the whole world that no one can make war with this. And I'm wondering, you know, if that nation that had a deadly wound and healed, could it be Israel? It doesn't even have to be America. Because Israel is the entire theme of uh, the Bible. So could it be that Israel is being knocked down and then ultimately gets back up? where the world realizes that is, you know, the new world order, the beast, and who's going to make a war with him. Perhaps they come up with some technology that, you know, we haven't seen yet. And then it says, he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given great authority to wage war for 42 months. So when you, if, if I put in, you know, the interpretation of what it could sound like, because... Men already have a mouth. They don't need to be given a mouth. So he's given not only great authority, but he's given the ability to speak. So could that be artificial intelligence where right now, you know, a lot of superpower intelligence is running even like the, uh, the financial system. Uh, the Aladdin AI is pretty powerful and it's been around for 30 plus years. And they already have other AIs that are, you know, treated like sentient beings. So would they suddenly have a mouth to speak 
and be given great authority. Um, and authority in this context is spiritual and moral. So for 42 months, it's going to be speaking blasphemies against God. And it says um, blasphemy against his name and his tabernacle and those that dwell in heaven. So all it's doing is acting like, you know, a prophet, a false prophet to go against God and, and you know, blaspheme him. And is this entity, the Antichrist, uh, you know, we don't know what it is exactly, but it's, it has elements that it's given authority, it's given a mouth, so, you know, that's where it can speak and go against God at full force. And then it says, it was granted to him to wage war with the saints and overcome them. So someone granted, uh, I'm assuming Satan granted him, to go ahead and make war uh, and then do it against the saints and then overcome them. So there's three different elements to it. One is they were granted him powers and then to wage war and then it's against the saints and then is to overcome them. So his authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. So this uh, granting of power to make war was over all people of the earth all nations and every culture. Um, so I'm assuming this beast system, uh, if it's like an artificial intelligent uh, and not a person that, you know, has power to control all people in every country, you know, that created a grid system that it can now control everything, that would be one way too. Um, but it says all who dwell on the earth will worship him and all whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. So what this implies to me is that everyone on the planet is going to worship him, but it's not going to be the believers. It's not going to be the people who are faithful to God because it's telling you that, you know, it's only all those names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb. So... This is everyone that's not written to go to, you know, to be with God. He's not, they're not in the kingdom of God. And they're going to go straight to judgment. And they're the one who is worshiping the beast, not the Christians. So when this time comes, you know, we're not going to be, if we're there, let's say it's happening in our lifetime, we're not the ones who are going to be uh dwelling and worshiping this beast, but everyone who's not part of God will be. And then it continues to say, if anyone has a year, let him hear. Um, he who has been taken captive, into captivity he shall go. He who kills with the sword, with the sword he must be killed. So it's basically saying that, you know, around this time when there's waging war against the saints, they're the one, you know, um, going to be persecuted. Either they're going to go into captivity, like the FEMA camps or whatever camps. Everywhere around the world, they're building these camps. We've seen them in Australia. We've seen them in China. We've seen them, uh, you know, in Europe. And then we know about the U.S. building FEMA camps. So, you know, around this time, they're probably going to round up as many as they can. And... God's saying that those that are meant to be captive are going, they shall go. And those that, you know, try to fight back, it's like he who kills with the sword, and then the sword he must be killed. So 
in equal numbers, if you try to fight back, you're just going to die and be killed. So here's a message for the saints. He said, here is a call for patience and the faith of the saints. So during this time when all this chaos is going and waging war against the saints, and you got to remember, it's not against the whole world because the whole world is going to be worshiping the beast and those that you know are rejecting God. So it's only war against the saints. It's not against everyone else. They're going to be sitting pretty if they join the beast system. They're going to be content with what they are, what they're doing, and what they're worshiping. They're not the ones who are going to be held captive or tempted to be killed. Like right now, it looked like COVID was, you know, attacking everybody equally, lockdowns and so forth. But in this time frame, those who go with the beast system are not going to be bothered. It's the saints who are going to be bothered. And it tells, God says to the saints, just be patient and have faith. And, you know, that's how we're going to get through it. So there's nothing we, we shouldn't be fighting back. And if we end up getting captive, then that's fine. Just go be captive. Um, and then it says, uh, when I saw another beast rising out of the earth. So this is what I'm tying to the first beast that says rising out of the sea. And the sea uh, has its own definition where it was saying either it's a particular sea like the Gal Sea of Galilee or it means universal like the whole world. So when the first beast came out of the whole you know, out of the sea, I took it to mean the whole world because the second beast is describing it rising out of the earth directly and not, it doesn't say the sea. So that means it's similarly, it's coming out of the whole world like another system. But he said he too uh, had two horns to mean powers, like the lamb to mean like Christ, and he spoke like the dragon to mean Satan. And he exercised all authority, both moral and spiritual, as defined of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. So what's interesting here is that, that the second beast is doing all this and exercising the all authority that the first beast had while in his presence. And so that means the first beast is also around and the second beast is also around and the you know, the first beast had his mortal head uh, revived, so he was uh, he survived the deadly wound. So the first beast and the second beast are now together, so I'm assuming one is the, the first beast is the Antichrist, and the second beast is the false prophet. Um, and then uh, it says that the performs... So he performs great signs, making fire come down from heaven on the earth as a sign of men. So he's performing all kinds of miracles. And he deceives the whole who dwell on the earth by the signs which he was granted to do in the presence of the beast, fail and, and telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded and, and by the sword and lived. So he's doing all kinds of signs and wonders um, like Christ because um, he actually comes in like Christ. He comes in like a lamb, but he speaks like a dragon, But and he's also performing miracles. So perhaps the second beast is actually the Christ-like figure, and the first beast is um, the Antichrist himself. 
Um, so he's causing an image of the first beast to, uh, to come up. And he's saying that he allowed to give breath to the image uh, of the beast. So just like God gave breath to Adam to give it life, so is Satan giving uh, breath to this image to come to life. So I'm thinking that must be like an AI thing that perhaps, you know, that image of the beast, because uh, it says it could both speak and cause many that would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So, you know, giving this uh, being that they're trying to create, perhaps it's a mixture of possession of Satan and the AI system that they're trying to create and that, that it, Satan's going to give uh, breath and life to so it becomes totally sentient and godlike figure and where he's requiring that anyone who doesn't worship it is going to be killed. And he's also causing all uh, rich and great, poor and rich, um, and slaves to be able to receive a mark on their right hand and on their forehead so that no one can buy and sell except for those who have the mark or his name or the number 666. So there's three parts to this. Um, so it's not just the mark that would go either on the right hand or the forehead. And mark is defined under concordance as an etching or a stamp or something that's like part of your skin, not not just a tattoo, but actually a physical mark like they used to make the seals in the olden days uh, where they had the seal. And they would take the candle wax and put the seal on it, which would be engraved, and it would have like the mark or the seal. So it's sort of some sort of engraving or etching kind of mark that'll be a physical revealing either on the right hand or the forehead. And even then it says you have a choice. So you, you get the mark or the name of the beast or his number of his name. So it's like three things. You could just get whatever its logo is of this beast, or you can put his name instead, and we won't know what the name is uh, until later, or it'll come up with just a um, numerical number of this uh, beast system. But it's saying the number is the, a number of the man. Um, so I wanted to point out, because, okay, so this is the definition of the mark, where it says the stamp imprinted mark, mark imprinted on the forehead or the right hand is the followers of the Antichrist. And then it says the other key thing that why I started doing this podcast was that what I noticed was it was talking about this carved mark or etching as graven image or idolatrous images. So this whole thing, what this mark is all about, it's not just the system of like trying to pay, buy, and sell, and join the beast system, or even just worship the Antichrist. It's really, it's a graven mark. So it, it means it's making an idol. The stamp is an idol and a graven image, or the name, or, you know, whatever its mark is. So, you know, under Ten Commandments, you know, the, uh, it was commanded that no... No one is to worship any other god but him. Um, so when you're in, you know, throughout the Bible, he's told the Israelites that they were not allowed to worship any other god. They were not allowed to worship 
any idols, any graven images. Uh, they could not make any graven images of any anything in the earth or in the heaven. So, and yet, when we're talking about this mark, is going to be a graven image or a graven number or a graven some sort of idolatry image or a mark. Um, so it's not going to be a vaccine or anything that looks invisible or even Lucifer rays that's inside your body that's going to glow in the dark. It is going to be none of those things. It's going to be a physical graven image or a mark or a stamp that is going to be worshipped, that it's going to allow people to buy and sell in the system, but it's also going to require that it worship the beast, and it's going to have an image of the beast that's given life a breath to be able to come alive more than just like watching TV or, you know, or having like a moving image uh, on your computer. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be something supernatural where it's going to come to life. So this, whatever that they're doing with the AI system, you know, plus man, somehow it's going to come alive and it's going to be able to have uh, a deadly wound healed supernaturally because you know that's why the whole world is deceived because if it wasn't supernatural if it's just something like you know i've heard like revival of the roman empire or uh the pope is you know going to be able to have the catholic rule as the false prophet no it's not going to be anything like that because it's something supernatural where the whole world is going to be marveled at it say who can make war with this beast when they see that it's going to come alive and it's not going to happen in a long span of time but it's going to be something instantaneous so nobody's going to care if a revival of you know a nation that went down and came back alive after a hundred years or ten years or even two years you know it's and no nation can go down and rebuild itself overnight and no man, you know, like even a system like Catholicism, like the Pope, even he can't revive everything overnight. And it, and over time, if it's happening, no one gives a crap. So it's only going to be something supernatural that the people are going to be able to see. And it's going to be like, wow, you know, it, it's something that you would only imagine in movies happening. But it's going to be reels and that's what they were starting to get deceived and follow this uh beast you know that had his deadly wound healed so i broke down the characteristics of the first beast and what i see after breaking down all the passages said it's a combination of other beasts like the leopard the lion the bear and the dragon those are all beasts they're not men they're not women they're not families of royalty or anything like that god is referring them to uh, beasts that come together to make this first beast and then these beasts are also referred to as a he uh, with seven heads ten horns and ten crowns so that would imply that this beast is some sort of power or authority or a system that's gathering the seven rulers with the set uh, the ten um, powers and with the ten crowns to mean royalty. So it's maybe then using physical people where the beast itself is not referred to as a person, but it's using seven heads, uh, physical people, 
to rule the earth. So he's given power uh, he, and a throne and authority. So this is something this beast didn't have on its own. It had to be given to it. And it was given to it by dragon. So that could mean uh, Satan himself. You know, And if you had to use a nation, well, that would be China. Um, and then it says one of his heads suffered a mortal wound to the head and his deadly wound was healed. So again, I think that's a supernatural thing. And because this is one of the heads, so one of the heads would mean uh, out of the seven, and the heads is referred to as rulers. So out of the seven heads, it's going to be one of the rulers that, uh, you know, probably is a physical person. And this time he's not a beast, he's a physical person. Uh, when it refers to a head, so that means he could be a man. And the whole world is going to be watching this man um, be deadly wounded and be healed. So in this sense, uh, you know, out of the peace system, it's going to be one man. And then it says the whole world marvels at him and begins to worship the beast and the dragon. Well, again, the only way the whole world is going to be marveling at him, and he is referred to as a him, and the head is, is likely a physical person, as if something supernaturally was happening to him. And then it says he was given a mouth to speak, so it was not a natural man, uh, he meaning the beast. So the beast is given a mouth to speak, so it can't be a natural man because men already have mouth, uh, so they can't. And he was given, and he spoke blasphemy against God and all things in heaven. So perhaps this beast system, this superpower, is going to come together as one to bring about this one world government, one religion. And this false religion is what's really speaking against God and uh, blasphemy against him. Because the only way God is known to this world is through the word, of, through his word in the Bible. So this new beast system, if he's blaspheming against God, then that means he's blaspheming against everything that's being said in the Bible. I mean, it's already happening now, so we don't have to look too far so like all the agendas you know that's been going on at the same time it's all against the word of God you know defining male to female uh, the LGBTQ stuff erasing uh, children's identity to sex and all of these different things that are happening it all goes against the word of God so in a way it's already the blasphemy has been happening for a long time it's still happening now and it will continue uh, when the time is here, because then they will totally want to erase the word of God and to every part of it. And they'll probably get rid of, you know, attempt to get rid of the Bible and all his people. And that's why he makes war with the saints. So then he says he was given authority for 42 months, which is three and a half years, to go against the saints. And the only reason, uh, you know, he's blaspheming God and going war against the saints is because we're the only ones left to be the witness and testimony for God. So he has to get rid of all of that. He has to get rid of the Bible, and he has to get rid of the saints who are the witnesses for God's word. And then it says, the only names that were not in the Lamb's book of life worshipped him. And while he's commanding the whole earth to worship him, but it's only those who decided to do it are not going to make it in uh, God's kingdom. 
they're not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So that's interesting to me because uh, you can't just say that, you know, everyone at that time is like you have to take the mark or, uh, you know, it's causing that. And this time it's not even talking about the mark. It's just saying everybody's commanded to worship him. But yet only the ones that do are the ones that are, uh, that are not in the Book of uh, Lamb, Books of Life. And then it says uh, people who refuse to do this are going to be taken captive and be killed. And the saints are called to be patient and have faith and not fight back. So that's that's part of it. So whatever is happening, I guess we're going to have to be a little bit of Christ-like where when Christ was, you know, being condemned and to crucifixion, he didn't fight back when he had all the power and authority to do it. He didn't exercise any of it. And he allowed them to carry out their plans to the very end. Uh, killing him, and then, you know, uh, Christ rose the third day. So out of their death and destruction, uh, Christ inherited the entire kingdom and the entire earth and the entire universe. He inherited everything. And when then we became the co-heirs with him to uh, to be, you know, what whatever Satan offers, he's going to lose everything, and he's going to be thrown into the lake of fire, but because of his actions, you know, what he did, he's, he's only gaining power temporarily. But God ultimately wins, and he gives us the entire universe and everything in it as inheritance with him. So God is saying you don't need to fight back. Just be patient and have faith, and, you know, he'll take care of us. And then after all of that's done, after this worshiping stuff going on, uh, and commandment by the first beast, the mark isn't even instituted yet. So that means this whole system is going to come in power, and it's going to take time. It's not going to be overnight. And it's going to be doing all this stuff uh, before the mark of the beast even comes into play. So all this power, throne, authority, everything you know that they're doing, causing everyone for three and a half years to cause people to worship him, and they're not even in, the ones that do, aren't even in, uh, made it to God's heaven. They're the ones that are going to go with Satan. And yet, only after the second beast do we start to see the second half of the story uh, where he's talking about instituting the mark. So the mark hadn't even happened yet. Uh, the worship started to happen first. So here it says, uh, the second beast comes out of the earth, and he had two horns like the lamb and spoke like the dragon. So he's going to come like the Christ figure. And he's the one who has exercised all authority of the first beast while in his presence. So now there's two of them together. And he's going to be doing all these uh, miracles and has the same authority as the first beast. So now he causes the whole world to worship the first beast. And he performs all kinds of miracles and signs where people are being deceived as if he's God. You know, he's the Messiah. And that's why they're going to do what they're going to do. So he said he deceives the whole world by doing these signs and miracles. Um, so this is going to be a supernatural time with the first bees that they're together. And he's going to come in like Christ-like figure. And he's going to offer probably a lot of solutions to end war, to end hunger, to end, uh, you know, wars and 
even diseases. He probably could even offer immortality um, because the first beast was able to heal from his deadly wound, and that's what's being worshipped. So I'm thinking around that time, they probably figured out regeneration process and immortality of you know that only Satan can provide because God's already given us immortality and eternal life with him. So he doesn't care about our physical state right now, you know, our physical bodies, because it's going to be decaying and, and it's going to die. But Satan wants to live forever. And there, you know, all his minions are working really super hard to try to come up a way to live immortal and genetic engineering and transhumanism and all these things that he's trying to put together so they can live forever. So I think by that time when this happens, <clears throat> he's going to be able to do that. And that's how, you know, and they must have figured out some other technology ways that where they can create these miracles and bring fire from heaven to earth because, you know, we already are used to all the technology right now. So we've already imagined what technology can do, but we haven't seen uh, supernatural stuff that it's not possible with just technology alone. So it has to be something beyond that. And since God says the days of Noah are going to be like that again, in the days of Noah, things were supernatural. They were angelic beings and Nephilims and all kinds of other uh, spiritual entities that were there together to create this violent and supernatural world that only Noah and his family were taken out of and survived while everything else had to be killed. So those, if their days of Noah's are going to be again, then that means a lot of that supernatural stuff it could be revived, where I don't know if they're taking DNA back from angelic, you know, the way it was, and with all this DNA manipulation, and inserting some supernatural things into people or beings. I don't know, but it's not going to be life as we know it, or what we think it is, it's going to be a supernatural time because they're going to be creating all kinds of uh, things that are wondrous and marvelous and miraculous. That's something we're not seeing right now, so obviously we cannot be in that time. And then it also is saying that it's going to uh, use all these powers in the presence of the first beast, so they're together, but he makes the image of the first beast and gave breath to the image so it can speak. So that's also supernatural because images don't speak. And even if you, you know you're talking about like movies and uh, you know where it looked like images are speaking and moving, I don't even think it's that. I think you know and the AI system, you know, it's coming up with some sentient uh, where you can have conversation with it, but it doesn't have a body. It doesn't have an image doesn't have anything it's just a computer code but perhaps they're being able to take that and uh, you know have whatever supernatural to be able to make that image or entity sentient being come alive so he could speak and give it power and authority over the whole earth so it says anyone any causes anyone uh, who does not worship this image should be killed so this image must be something more than just, uh, you know, movies and uh, taking photograph and making them move or 
filming something, it has to be a little bit more supernatural because without worshiping that, then, you know, people are going to be dying for that. And then it causes the mark on the right hand or their forehead where no one can buy or sell without taking that mark. And again, the mark is three different things. It's not just one thing. So mark is either, it could be a mark like a stamp, uh, you know, some sort of logo that it's a graven image that represents Satan so or his name, which we don't know what his name is, or his number that it's equivalent to 666, which is the number of the man. So perhaps it's merging um, men with whatever this new genetic technology or supernatural things that are coming up and where this mark is going to represent that, a change in human form to something else. Because, you know, just taking a stamp or a tattoo by itself and saying, yeah, sure, you know, like, it's no different than using a credit card or social security system because people just move along with the whole system. So if the government says you need this ID, then people get that ID. Even, you know, like they tried to do with the universal ID. They're trying to do that now. They wanted a vaccine uh, passport universally. So they've been trying to create these IDs, but it's not going to be any stupid ID or like a driver's license or a card or anything like that. Because it's a one, Mark is defined as a graven image. And then two, even if you took something, like, you know, people get tattoos all the time and they put like tattoos of Satan and other graven images all over their body. And like as if, you know, they're worshiping, you know, whatever that is. But even God still can redeem tattooed people. Even when they're worshiping Satan and everyone else, uh, you know, if they came to God and repented, they would still be saved. But somehow this is different because this you cannot repent from. And so that means it's not just going to be uh, a netching on your skin where someone decides later, oops, I, you know, I didn't really mean to do this. God saved me because they can't be redeemable. They're not redeemable. And one of the stupid preachers, like, you know, I can't believe he said that, where he says, you know, it's possible uh, if you're in the, this time and you made a mistake to get the mark and you cut off your hand, and repented, then God will save you. No way. No way. Okay? Because that would mean all those people that, you know, God would clearly say, cut your hand off and then repent and then come and I will save you. But he's not saying that. He's saying if you take the mark, that's it. There's no coming back. There's no second chance. You can't repent. Like the vaccine people that, re you know, had remorse after taking many of them are now repenting. You know, luckily, they're still around the time where they can repent and come to God. But th this is not going to happen when you take the mark. There isn't going to be a second chance uh, or, you know, like you become redeemable because you somehow take that mark out of your body. Like maybe you carve that mark out of your forehead and out of your hand and suddenly you can denounce the beast system and then come to God. That's not going to happen. So it has to be something supernaturally tied to man to change where not only are they going to be belonging to the beast system, they're going to actively participate because they, before they even got the mark, all those people that were not in the uh, Lamb's Book of Life 
were already worshiping the first beast. So you got to see that they already rejected God at that point, and they were. God is already saying they're not in the Lamb's Book of Life. Anyone who started worshiping. So by the time that anyone who's taken the mark, it's those same people that are worshiping the first beast. Those are the people that are taking the mark, not saints, because saints are the ones being uh, going war against them. So, and then you know, if God says right away that anyone who worships are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then all these people that are taking the mark are certainly not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So there's no way you can repent. There's no way you can uh, uh, be even deceived into it. You're not going to be deceived into it. That's why there's the first beast and the second beast and the, all those miracles that are happening and that they're worshiping the first beast uh, before the second beast even comes on the scene. And while they're in the presence with the first beast, he's doing all these miracles, blaspheming against God, and then requiring an image of the first beast to be set up, which wasn't even set up before he came on the scene. And yet people were already worshiping and marveling at the first beast when his uh, wound got healed. So I think right from that passage alone, Tell, says a lot that those who bow down and worship the first bees are not written in the land's book of life. So, and this is the whole world that's doing it. So, I, you know, when this happens, it's going to be very clear and it's going to require the whole world to go along with it and start worshiping the first bees. They're going to know who this first beast is, they're going to know his name. They're going to know its symbol, and they're going to recognize what they're getting to be able to worship it and accept the system because you don't need to do miracles and if it's just commanding everybody. Okay, that means you don't need to convince them to come along and, and worship the first beast if all it was is some decree or a mandate telling the whole world, just like COVID, oh, you know, go take the shots. Go worship the first beast. It's not like that. He, they still need a savior-like figure, a false Christ-like figure that's going to be performing all these miracles, convincing people that this is like, wow, this is the Messiah. He's come. He's going to save the world. He's going to give you miracles. He's going to offer so many things, those supernatural things that are you know yet to come. That Nobody's seen that yet. And it's still yet to happen. So it's much like the movie, or not the movie, where Moses uh, went to the Pharaoh to perform all these miracles and signs. And the very first thing, you know, when he was throwing the snake on the ground. And so they, you know, what did the Pharaoh do? He got his prophets and soothsayers and shamans, all those people, to try to perform counter miracles. So they also threw the snake on the ground, but Moses' snake ended up swallowing their snake to say that, you know, God has greater authority, much greater power than your serpents and, you know, your soothsayers. So that's similarly, that pattern is going to be repeated now where Satan and his false prophet are going to be doing all these miraculous wonders. But ultimately, God has the greatest power, the greatest wonder, the greatest miracles that, you know, nothing can compare to. But in these earthly times where people are following the beast, 
they're going to think that is God doing all these things. And they're going to start worshiping it as God. They're not just taking the marn, but it's a graven image that they're doing. And it's tied to worship. So it's it's an idol. It's a you know, it's becoming the God of the land, God of this earth, that they're going to acknowledge that he's God and nothing else is. Not Catholicism, not Christian God, not Christ, not Buddha. None of those gods are all going to go away, and it's going to be a new God that's going to be the first beast, which everyone's going to watch in the whole world, that something supernatural is happening, and they're going to be like, wow, you know, this is this is God. This is the man that's doing all these miracles. And they're willing to accept his mark as a graven image. And so, and they're already not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So we don't have to worry. We don't have to, uh, you know, wonder and speculate what is the mark because that mark doesn't affect us. See, everyone in the, you know, the false teachers of Christian world, they're teaching that we're, they're going to be raptured away. And they don't, that's the reason why they're not going to know the Antichrist. They're not going to see the mark. But that's not what God is saying. The God is telling them, be patient and have faith. And you're going to be persecuted by this Christ-like figure and the beast to come against the saints and make war with them. So they're not even going to have to contemplate about the mark because they already rejected the system and the Antichrist. That's why they're being war against. So nothing that could be happening by accident is going to be very visible. Everyone's going to know what it is. It's going to... Uh, have Pledge of Allegiance to worship it as a god, a new god, nothing, anything existing right now. So no one should question, you know, if the Mark of the Beast is actually started. It hasn't. And there are way more supernatural things coming. And if you are a believer in Christ, you're going to know the difference. You're going to be able to tell this apart because you're not going to be taking and bowing down and worshiping this beast because uh, your name is going to be in the Lamb's Book of Life, while theirs is not. That's the difference. So they're the ones that are not. They're the ones who are going to be deceived and going along with the plan and accepting the miracles and taking their mark. But all the faithful who are unfaithful in God, they're not going to be deceived, and they know what's coming to them. Because if you read it, you know we're, we're going to be persecuted and be warred against. So nothing, you don't have to do anything special. You just have to live out your life to the best you can and worship God, the real God. And, you know, and he'll protect you and he'll protect us from what's coming ahead. Even if it means giving up your life because that's nothing in comparison to what we're going to inherit. The entire kingdom of God is what we're going to be part of. So... Nothing in this life is worth anything. And Satan is only convincing those that want to stay on this earth and take whatever Satan offers them. But we as believers are not interested in any of that. We want, we are, you know, co-inheritors of God, with God. For everything he did for us, he died for us. He's making a place for us. He's going to give us a new body. And we're going to not, you know, he's going to restore the earth and the kingdom to where we're going to, 
come back and inherit the earth. And everyone else that went with the beast system is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. So they will lose everything that they were trying to gain in this world. They will lose it all. It'll all burn up for them. They're not only going to lose their physical self and physical things, but they're going to lose their soul because they're not in the Lamb's Book of Life. But all those believers, we inherit everything. We inherit the Garden of Eden restored like Earth again. We're going to have a great body. We're going to live eternally with God. We're not even going to need the sun and the stars anymore because this God is himself is going to be lighting uh, all of our existence. He's going to be replacing the sun. So he's going to be the light of the world, light of the universe. And there's going to be no more night or darkness anymore. So there's all these good things that are prepared for us, a place for us. And even, you know, the, the healing fruits and trees, all these wondrous trees are going to be everywhere. They're going to be not only for food, but healing the nations. And, you know, this biological world that God has built is going to be restored where we're not going to need these fake things any longer. Everything is going to be biological and real and integrated to our life and, their, and the, you know, the life of the planet and all the beings and the creatures that it's going to be restored to. So it's going to be something super, you know, something we can't even imagine. But it's only described even briefly of what the Garden of Eden was. But imagine what it would be where life is thriving and living without sin and death. No Satan, nothing darkness. And it's going to thrive beyond that Garden of Eden that God initially uh, built, but into all over the universe. I mean, when you look up, you see stars and planets and galaxies and all these things that such a vast space. I mean, he's not going to leave that empty. It's not just for us to gaze at, you know, as we are humans right now. But I think it, the whole universe is going to come alive. And it's going to be life like a gazillion times more than it ever was on this planet to be all over the universe. You know, people like Star Trek can only imagine what it is with these weird creatures everywhere. When God said he made, a, you know, image of us in his image, and it's beautiful. Everything that he made is beautiful, okay? There's nothing that you can look outside and in everything that he created is the way it's nothing horrid. It's not made for scary movies. It's not like creature heads or animal-looking things. You know, you're made in the beauty of God, and he's a very beautiful inside-and-out being, you know. So imagine the entire universe with his beauty everywhere. It's going to be spread life every. He's a creator. He creates, he loves to create. He, you know, he's created like a gazillion things just on this planet. So imagine all the things that he can create all over the universe. So that's our hope. That's what I can't wait to see. You know, and all we're doing is abiding our time and coasting along and doing our thing. And we should not be worried. We should not be stressing. And we should not be looking towards the end times all the time because you have a life to live and you have something to contribute as to why you're here. So you got to go contribute. You got to like win souls. You got to be able to use your gifts and talents to go do it and not worry about, you know, how when they come after you because yeah you could lose your life but then you're you know in in heaven with god 
So why wouldn't you? Like, you know, if people are going to come after you, so be it. But God is also protecting at the same time. You know, all this craziness has been happening for the last three, four years. God did protect all of us through this time. You know, Christians and non-Christians alike. He protected the whole world. Even though many were persecuted and had to die, you know, those people are still with God too. If they had faith in God, they're going to be with God. If they already rejected God in their life, then, you know, obviously they have a different destiny. So don't worry about it. I mean, I would reread the book of Revelation uh, because it's a really, I don't think it's that hard of a book. I know a lot of people like to make it a hard book, but if you just read it for what it says, it will make a heck of a lot more sense. And we're not anywhere near Mark of the Beast right now, even though it looks like it, and a lot of Christians and preachers started to preach that route, and it's wrong, and they shouldn't be doing it. And they're, I even noticed that they're taking verses and changing them to mean something else. So you really, really got to read the Bible yourself. People are deceivers, and it's just going to keep increase even more towards the end of time to, you know, to make sure that people are not going with God but going against them and joining the beast system. So it's your duty to read the Bible yourself. And if any interpretations that, you know, are helpful by other people, by no means, you know, listen to them, including me. But we're not the authority of what you should know yourself to begin with. And if you have, you know, issues learning it, certain parts of it, just wait it out. Read other parts and it'll all make sense in the end. Okay? There's, you don't need any special people or knowledge or understanding other than what God is going to guide you to understand yourself. But I hope this podcast is uh, helpful anyway. You know, it's just my interpretation of what I think it is in the book of Revelation. But, you know, everyone else, including you, may have a different interpretation, which is fine. We're just chatting and we're sharing our stories as Christians as to, you know, what what's happening. All right. Have a great evening. Thank you.